want early access to all of my content, go to asthravendreams.com slash early to learn more. Thank you. This happened a few years ago, when a friend and I shared a duplex. These were owned by individual people instead of a company, so there were less around, less staff to monitor us, and we were pretty much left to ourselves. There were a few other surrounding duplexes to our sides, and real nice-looking houses across from us. Some of the duplexes looked okay, like ours, some of the others weren't as nice and taken care of, and the same went with some of the tenants. Some of them were good people, some kept to themselves, and some you tried to avoid eye contact with. Thankfully, our neighbor of the attached duplex was one of the good ones. Well, at least half of them. It was an older woman, Ruby, that lived there. When we first moved in, she seemed very spry and outdoorsy, too. And that's part of the reason why Jess got so involved in gardening as well. She was always outside planting, watering and de-weeding her garden bed, cleaning her patio furniture, etc. She would make too many sweets or snacks, and always bring us the extras, and things like that. We didn't mind at all. And otherwise, she kept to herself and we kept to ours. There was no snooping around, asking questions, and getting into each other's business either. So, she was pretty much the perfect neighbor. However, Ruby had a son, Marco, that was less than welcoming. And we really didn't care to see him around. He would randomly show up, and when she wasn't home... He could just be standing outside for hours until she showed up. The first time that we saw him, he was sitting on her step in a hoodie and jeans falling asleep. We did have a security camera set up, so after about an hour of him sitting there, I almost went to ask him who he was waiting for when I noticed Ruby pulled in. I watched through the window just to make sure because I didn't want her to be harassed or something worse if this was some stranger. I saw the smile on her face fade to more of a fake grin when she saw him sitting there, and they started talking. She then let him in. From there, I assumed she knew who the person was and I let it go. Marco would randomly show up at times, and could be there for a few hours, and then someone would come pick him up, or it would appear like he would stay there overnight a few times. We were finally introduced one time when we were out front smoking, and he asked for a cigarette. Ruby came out shortly after, and told us that he was her son, and that he was visiting for a while. We were polite but the guy definitely didn't seem like he was all there. He typically looked exhausted all the time. It started to become a normal thing when he was around. As soon as we were outside, he was asking us for a smoke, and he was over there maybe once a week. Then, for a while, it became less frequent, maybe a few days a month. Then, 
After not seeing him for two to three months, he showed back up again, sitting on the porch with a backpack and a box. It would turn out that he would move in with Ruby. Great. She didn't look too thrilled about it either. As I started to hear them talk outside on the back patio, she would ask him about his plans, and he would get irritated, and say things like he didn't know, he didn't have any, don't worry about me, etc. One time, late at night, after he bummed another smoke from us, he asked where he could go to get cheap beer without being carded. We told him we didn't really know, and just told him about a local liquor store. He then proceeded to walk off down the street, and as we finished our cigarette, Ruby came out and apologized for her son. She said that he had been down on his luck and that she was trying to get back on his feet, and that she appreciated us being patient with him. She tried to offer us money for the cigarettes that he kept taking, but we always refused. Sadly, they would begin arguing more. You could hear them fighting outside, then you could hear them fighting inside. You could hear the door slamming as he left and him banging on the door to be let back in when he forgot his key. Ruby had already started to shut herself in more. We hardly saw her go outside anymore. I noticed on the camera that she would go out real early in the morning in her robe to water her plants and then quickly go back inside. I think she had like a book club or a Bible club every Wednesday night, and a few other ladies would be over at her place. That stopped too. I felt bad, but there wasn't really anything we could do but just hope that he would leave soon. That would come to fruition when he gets kicked out. They were arguing again after someone else, equally shady, showed up at her place, Marco went outside and brazenly, with a camera right on them, made a drug deal. I now understood why Ruby had been so upset. I can't imagine that it was for her or that she used at all. I shamefully went out back to listen to the fight when I heard it, and she mentioned that he was there for a new start, to kick it, and to get his own place. She complained he was using again, and that he hadn't found a job or even had proof that he was looking. She said she didn't want that stuff around in her place, and didn't want his friends to know where she lived. So, she told him to leave. I know we, for one, were thankful. He slammed the door and started walking down the street again. I kept checking the cameras a few times to see if he would ever return, but he never did and he didn't the next night either. However, it wouldn't be a simple move-out by any means. I am a heavy sleeper, so a few hours into my slumber, I'm awoken to Jess banging on my door. As I went to open it, I noticed the smell of smoke. That was the reason for her waking me up, too. We started looking around, making sure nothing was on fire, and trying to find out where the smoke was coming from when we started hearing smoke alarms going off from Ruby's side. We quickly grabbed our phones and ran outside. Jess started calling 911, and I just remember frantically beating on her door to try to wake her up, but she never answered. 
and this is where I regretted never swapping phone numbers with her. When the fire truck showed up, we told them that we thought Ruby was still inside and went to the end of the driveway to see what had happened. Unfortunately, Ruby was still inside, but they were able to get her out. Barely alive. Not only was she in there, but she didn't answer because she had been beaten on the back of her head, causing her to pass out on the living room floor. Of course, the fire was intentionally set as well, and we had a feeling we knew by whom. Thankfully, we didn't have to point the finger, as we learned that Ruby identified Marco as the one that did it. Jess ended up helping her out a lot when she was at the hospital, and told her what had happened. She locked Marco out, so he ended up breaking in through the back door. They'd gotten into a fight when he hit her in the back of the head, and the next thing she knew, she was at the hospital. But don't worry. She talked to him when he got arrested, and he admitted he was high when this took place. He said that he was sorry, and that he thought only his mom's side would have burned down, and that he didn't mean to hurt us. Charmer, right? She had damage in the living room, and they had to repair the walls separating our units, so... We both got put into a hotel for a while. Jess still keeps in touch with Ruby, and tells me how she's doing, but I don't really care for attached units anymore, and I moved into my own place as soon as I could. I've been listening to a lot of your creepy neighbor stories, and it made me want to share one I experienced myself. I am now a 32-year-old female, and at the time the story took place, I was 13 years old. One night I was staying over at my friend's house, who, for the sake of the story, we will call Kate, who lived in a sketchy neighborhood a few miles from our middle school. Her mom was a single mom and was working late, so we had the whole place to ourselves. Her mom left the house full of junk food and let us rent movies, on demand, as much as we wanted. Since it was still bright out, we decided to go for a walk down by the pond and park area just a couple of blocks from her house. As we were heading back to her house... Just about one or two houses away, a car approached us from behind. I didn't recognize the person, but my friend Kate did. She said it was her next-door neighbor, Andy. Andy, if I can recall, looked to be much older, maybe in his early 50s. I remember him having a grayish beard, and he wore a baseball cap. He slowed his car down and asked us what we were up to for the evening. Kate told him that her friend and her were having a sleepover, and that we were probably going to prank call a few kids from our school and stay up late watching scary movies. Andy just chuckled and smiled at both of us. But even as a young 13-year-old, I didn't like the way he smiled at us. I didn't know this stranger, and... I was surprised my friend had even given him that much information. But, maybe she knew him a lot better. 
Andy told us in a low voice, Well, Kate, I see your mom's car isn't in the driveway, so I'm assuming she's working late again, hmm? Kate said in her usual friendly but completely oblivious tone, Yep, she has the late shift again, so we get the house all to ourselves. Andy returned that same creepy smile and said, All right, well, you girls have fun at your little sleepover, and don't get into too much trouble tonight. With that, he slowly drove past us and pulled his car into his driveway. As we walked up her driveway, we saw Andy walk into his house, still staring at us. Once we were inside Kate's house, I asked her about her neighbor. I told her that he kind of gave me the creeps. Kate said that she agreed he is sort of creepy, but didn't think he was any danger or threat at all. Kate was always more of the trusting, carefree friend, while I seemed to always be the paranoid, more cautious goody-goody. So, we made a pizza and grabbed a bunch of snacks, and started watching some movies and had fun chatting with a few friends on AIM afterwards. Around midnight, or even 1am, Kate's mom still wasn't home and we were just starting to fall asleep in our sleeping bags in the living room. The TV was still on, playing some scary movie in the background. Suddenly, Kate clicked the TV on mute and lowered her voice. She said, I thought I saw the motion direction light go off and on in our backyard. She quietly got up to peek out the window, overlooking their backyard. I tiptoed over to her and asked if she saw anything. She didn't see anything, but soon after, we saw the light turn on. We tried our best, but we couldn't see anything outside. Kate decided to go into their basement to see if she could get a better look through the window down there. We crept down to the basement stairs, being very careful not to trip in the dark. We didn't turn the lights on just in case whatever was out there would see us. I don't know why Kate was suddenly taking this so seriously since she was usually the more laid-back friend, but maybe we were both being super paranoid from the scary movies we were watching. There was a large window next to the door on the far side of the basement. The motion detection light it turned on again, spilling in through the window so we could see a little in the small basement. Suddenly, we heard the door leading out to the backyard in the basement rattle. We both jumped and screamed. The window on the door was covered by a set of blinds, so we couldn't see who was on the other side, but we knew someone was definitely trying to open the door. Fortunately for us, it was locked with a deadbolt, but we were still scared crapless. Kate grabbed a baseball bat lying on top of a sofa and began edging towards the door. I whispered at her to get away and that we needed to get out of there and call her mom or the cops. But Kate, always being the more brave one, carefully lifted a corner of the blinds in the door window. Whoever was on the other side was still trying to get the door open. Kate lifted the blinds, and there stood her neighbor Andy. 
Kate and I both screamed. Andy just held his hands up in the air and shouted, Whoa, it's okay, girls. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to see if you're all right. It's late, and I thought I saw someone running through your yard. Kate and I both looked at each other and then at Andy. There was something so sick and menacing in his eyes, and we both knew that he was definitely lying and was the one trying to break into Kate's house. Kate shouted back at him that he better get the hell out of there, or she was going to call the police. And he just sort of blinked at us and repeated he just wanted to check on us, because he knew that we were home alone. He grabbed the doorknob again, and asked us to unlock the deadbolt. I pulled Kate by the arm and I told her to call 911, I screamed that we were calling the police right now. Andy just glared at us and backed away from the door. He quickly looked to the right and turned and then ran back to his yard. Kate and I ran upstairs and her mom was walking into the house. She asked us what we were doing in the basement, and we both frantically tried telling her what had happened with Andy. Her mom was very shocked, but didn't think it would do anything to call the police, because he technically didn't break in or hurt us. Kate and I were both freaked out and wanted her mom to call the police and report him, but she insisted that there was probably nothing they could do. Fortunately, I didn't have any more encounters with Andy the few more times that I did go over to Kate's house, and soon after, she and her mom moved away. I don't know what Andy was trying to do or what his intentions were that night, but I'm really glad that we didn't find out. I'm not even sure quite where to begin, but I'll start with giving some background information. I'm now a 25-year-old female but when I first moved into my apartment, I was only 21 or 22 at the time. The apartment complex I lived in was very quiet for the most part. Lots of younger families and old people lived there. It was also in a golf course community in my hometown. Smallish town with moderate crime rate when I moved in. I didn't know the neighbors to the left of me, but about two years into my lease... The middle-aged couple moved in. I never got their names, but somehow the husband knew mine, which wasn't too odd because the old people there are super chatty, and I'm sure in passing they learned my name. I'm a very intuitive person, and can usually pick up cues when someone isn't good people. My first few instances with the husband, I immediately got really weird vibes from him. In hindsight... He didn't do anything out of the normal at first. It was just a gut feeling I had. Whenever he was with his wife and I would try to talk to them, really just to pet their dog when I saw them out walking her, the husband would cut the wife off and talk for her. It was weird, but okay. Well, after a year of my boyfriend moving in with me, he fell off of a golf cart on Christmas Eve and suffered from a traumatic brain injury. He wasn't allowed to drive for six months, so I was responsible for taking him to and from work 
during those six months. He is a workaholic and works late most of the time, so I was alone at the house until 10 or 11 most nights. Somehow or another, this creepy neighbor next door finds out, probably from the neighbors, that my boyfriend had a TBI and wasn't driving. This guy knew that I was alone most nights and decided to purposefully do things to screw with me. The one instance that sent chills up my spine and still does, that really sticks out of my memory, and makes me thankful we moved out of that apartment and into the house in the country 20 miles away. So, one night, I get home from the store or hanging out with a friend, and like always, I sat in the car in the parking lot playing on the phone. Doors locked, of course, because I'm paranoid. And... After maybe ten minutes, as I'm about to turn the car off and go inside, I look to my far right and see my next-door neighbor standing in the breezeway of the building, directly across from ours. It's maybe 9pm by now, so I just assume he's walking his dog, or taking the trash out. I resume to playing on my phone, and I decide to look up once more. He hasn't moved. He's standing in the breezeway with the light behind him, so I can just see his silhouette, but I know for a fact that it's him. I was taught to stare back at the person who's making you feel uncomfortable so they either break eye contact or speak up about whatever the hell they're staring at you for. So, I'm staring back at him, and he just backs up further into the breezeway out of my sight. I'm slightly creeped out at this point, but decided right then that I wasn't getting out of the car and going inside until my boyfriend called me to pick him up from work. I turned my phone brightness down to hopefully give him a less clear view of me sitting in the car in the dark. Not even five minutes later, he's walking from the far side of the complex, complete opposite side from our building. I see he's not walking his dog, He's got no garbage can, so I assume he didn't take the trash to the dumpster. He walks on the sidewalk right in front of my car, stops, and stares straight into my soul while pointing at me with his index finger and middle finger. Kind of like a peace sign, but in a pointing motion. He finally continues on his walk and walks to his work van, parked two or three spots away to my left. There's no cars in between mine and his. He grabs some empty grocery bags out of his van, takes a suspiciously long time grabbing them, and proceeds to walk back into the direction that he came. He stops in front of the car again, stares at me for a second, and then continues on. There's a sidewalk perpendicular to the one that he's on, and at the end of that sidewalk, there's another that's parallel to the one he's currently on. From an aerial view, it's in the shape of the letter H. Our building is to the left. The one he was standing at earlier when I first spotted him was to the right. He stopped maybe five more times between my car and our apartment building, turning back to face me every time he stops. This sent chills down my spine, and I immediately texted my boyfriend to let him know the weird neighbor was being a creep. 
and that I felt like he was purposefully trying to scare me. I go pick up my boyfriend. We arrive back home on edge from this creep. My boyfriend leaves something in the car, so as I'm approaching our front door to unlock it, he jogs back to the car, and lo and behold, my creepy-ass neighbor is walking up and says, Hello, insert my name. Again, I've never introduced myself with my name. I'm guessing another neighbor said it in passing, but it still freaked me out after this interaction while I was sitting in the car. There's half a dozen other things this guy has done both before and after this night that gave me the creeps. My boyfriend walked with me to the dumpster and to the on-site laundromat because he was too creeped out. He's much more naive than I am, by default. But he's not too naive to write this off as an innocent run-in with the neighbor. As I'm writing this, I feel like I can't even paint the picture of how creepy it really was. Maybe I was overreacting, but my gut at the time was telling me that something was off. This happened a couple of years ago, but reading posts here made me think about it. I moved to the UK from Finland to study. On my second year, I had moved to a flat with a couple of friends. It was a two-story house, and we lived on the second floor on a main street. I was smoking in front of the house, and a guy was walking towards me. He looked a bit drunk and had white foam around his mouth. He stopped to talk to me. This happened quite often, so I didn't think much of it. Then, he asked for my number. I said I couldn't remember it and left my phone inside. <laughs> then he said to write my name on his phone so that he could add me on Facebook. But his phone was dead. I didn't want him to have my name or number, so I kind of felt relieved. So he just asked what my name was. Usually, I try to pronounce my name in a way that is easier to understand, but this time I didn't. Then the guy proceeded to scratch my name into his arm, hard enough that it left a clear mark. He misspelled my name, but I didn't tell him. I finished my cigarette, told him bye, and went inside. The next day, on the way to the bus... I could hear someone shouting to stop. I looked around and he was running after me without shoes on. I just shouted that I would miss the bus if I stopped and walked faster. He stopped following me. Now, whenever I went out to smoke, I checked my window to make sure he wasn't there. Sometimes he was, so I waited until it was safe to go out. One day, I didn't see him, so I walked out. As soon as I was out, he came walking down the street and asked for my name and number. This time, I told him I wasn't interested. He looked visibly upset. He started walking back and forth, holding his head and shaking it, and mumbling something to himself. I quickly left and went inside. For a while... When I got outside, 
I could see him peeking behind a tree before starting to walk towards me. But as soon as I saw him, I would quickly go back inside. One day, it had been a while since I saw him, so I was looking at my phone when I heard him talk to me. He told me to wait and not go anywhere, that he just needed to talk to a friend and then pointed towards an alleyway. When he turned into the alleyway, which was very close, I just ran inside. I could hear him running behind me, asking me to stop and then knocking on my door for a while before leaving. I was about to move to a different place soon after, so I would never have to see him again. I really wonder if he had a friend, or if there was something else in the alleyway, and what he was planning to do. That was a collection of terrifying neighbor stories. Y'all have any creepy neighbors? I've had a few. I currently own one of them's cats. One, I currently own the cat that belonged to one of... Never mind. Um, if you enjoyed the video, please do hit that thumbs up button. Uh, if you're new to the channel, please also consider subscribing to the channel by hitting the subscribe button. That one's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you can also leave me a comment letting me know what you thought of the video, which story was your personal favorite, and yeah, all that jazz. If you want to support the channel further, you can go to asthravendreams.com slash early to learn how to join either the Patreon or the channel members. Uh, for 99 cents a month, you can, I should say a dollar a month, because I think Patreon's a dollar, whatever. For a dollar a month, you can get early access to all of my content, so pretty cool stuff. You also get a better stuff the higher tier you are, obviously. That's kind of how that works, right? Anyways, I hope you all have a beautiful day, and I hope you have a great weekend. And I will see you on the next one. But until then, sleep well.